Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and we're going to talk about The Little Mermaid. Uh, I got to go see it this weekend, and I enjoyed it. I loved it. I didn't know how I was going to feel, uh, you know, with Disney live-action adaptations lately and stuff, but it was it was great. Uh, I was worried about the two-and-a-half-hour runtime run because I have a seven-year-old, but I got up to go get more water and use the bathroom in the movie, and he didn't. He sat there and watched the whole thing. He loved it. So I didn't leave him alone. Like, my aunt was there, too. So I didn't leave him alone in the theater, if that's what you were wondering. Uh, the, the movie was just a whole lot of fun, and, you know, they changed some things, but for the better, I feel like. So today we're going to talk about it, talk about why it's great, uh, why you need to go see it. So first off, I'm going to see... For those of you that are long-time listeners, you know, I live in West Texas, and there are people around here, uh, all over the world, who are not happy with the casting choices of Ariel. Well, those people, I have a word for them, uh, but I can't say it because, you know, children listen to this podcast sometimes. Uh, she does an amazing job, you know, they, those people gritch the moment, like, oh, it's not, it's not true to the original. Let me tell you about the original Little Mermaid that Hans Christian Andersen wrote back in like 1837. Uh, the mermaid has, you know, her sisters and her dad and everything. And when they turn 15, they get to go up to the surface world and see what's going on. Um, she has this like crotchety old grandmother who's a pain. Um, she does save the prince from drowning, but he thinks it's the lady who finds him on the, the coast. Well, and so she goes to the sea witch to make her deal. And she has to lose her tongue. But she gets, like, the ability to dance like nobody has ever danced. Except when she does, it feels like she's, you know, stepping on knives. And um, when she first gets her legs and stuff, it feels like she's being, you know, stabbed with a sword. And all this stuff. Um, and her whole goal isn't necessarily fall in love with the prince. It's she wants a soul. Because in the original story, mermaids, when they die, they turn into sea foam. Merpeople, I guess. Merpeople, when they die. Um, he's a merman. Sorry. When they die, they turn into sea foam. Whereas humans have a soul and go to heaven. And she's like, well, I want, you know, eternal life and all this stuff. And the sea witch is like, oh, yeah, well, true love will prove that you have a soul. So you have to get the prince to kiss you. Um, if not, then the day after he marries somebody else, you'll turn into sea foam and die. And so she goes, does her thing, and, you know, she does all this dancing and stuff, even though it hurts her. Uh, but the prince is betrothed to this princess from the kingdom over, the neighboring kingdom. And he's like, oh, I don't want to marry her, blah, blah, blah. Well, come to find out, she was actually the lady who pulled him off the shore, who found him on the shore. And so he's like, oh, well, that's cool. Then I'll marry you. And so the Little Mermaid is kind of PO'd right now. And her sisters come and the night of the prince's wedding because, you know, at sunrise is when she's going to die. And they're like, hey, Here's a knife. Go kill this dude. Go stab him. And she goes in there, you know, and the prince and his new bride 
or asleep in bed, and she's about to stab him, and then she has a change of heart, and she's like, no, I can't do this. And then she goes uh, and just jumps in the water, and is like, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll turn to sea foam. Well, her, as her body starts to dissolve into foam, she actually turns into this spirit, and she becomes the daughter of the air. And this shows that, you know, her heart is true and she can have an immortal soul. So to, to earn her soul, though, she has to do good deeds for people for 300 years. And then she'll go to heaven. Let all that sink in for a minute. You know, so when people are like, oh, it's not faithful. There's no talking animals. There's no happy ending. Like, there's, there's a lot of things that were changed. So get get over yourselves, folks. You know, just it's it's a new telling of the story, and that's uh, that's what you need to know. And it is a very well done retelling of the story. You know, Rob Marshall is the director here, and Rob Marshall is kind of royalty. I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot of stuff, but his directorial debut was Chicago back in two thousand two. And he was also the choreographer for it. Then he did Memoirs of a Geisha. Uh, and then Nine. Not the cool animated one. This one was um, like an adaptation of a musical. Then he did Pirates of the Caribbean, All Stranger Tides, Into the Woods, Mary Poppins Returns. So dude has a pretty solid track record when it comes to directing and stuff. And that's awesome, you know. Um, and he's won Tony Awards for choreography for like cabaret and damn yankees and stuff so dude knows what he's doing he knows how to work with the space um and everything and just like i said brings his a game the music is wonderful as well you know you have um a lot of alan menken's original songs in here the now they took out a few they took out the daughters of triton and they took out the where he's cooking, um, the passions or whatever. Uh, matter of fact, that chef isn't even in the movie. It's completely gone. And we'll get into how that benefits it more. But there's some new songs in here. And they're jams. Like, they are really, really good. And part of that is because Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, co-wrote the songs, the new songs with Alan Menken. So it's bringing back you know the old but still having the new and it it works um like i said the there's a song that the prince sings um where it's talking about um you know drag me under and i miss you and everything and it's really good and then there's like this scuttlebutt rap thing that's really good um yeah just a lot of a lot of cool songs on it and i really liked it uh the talking about the the chef not being in there but this movie's still two and a half hours well well not quite two and a half like 220 215 um it gives all these other characters time to shine like i didn't realize the old Little Mermaid, like nobody has backstories. It's about Ariel, and that's pretty much about it. Well, here you really get to see Sebastian, 
who is uh, voiced by David Diggs, you know, have his own story and do a lot more. And he's not just fighting a chef. Like, he's the main driving force of Ariel kissing Prince Eric. Uh, because that is another thing that changed. Like, in her spell that Ursula does, she makes Ariel forget that she has to have this kiss. She makes Ariel forget that, like, that's why she's there. So it's super dirty. Um, you know, dirty pool, poor show, whatever you want to call it. And Sebastian, like, it's helped organizing everything and getting stuff going. And it, it's cool to learn more about him. Uh, other characters, Grimsby, who was just kind of the stuck-up assistant guy in the cartoon... You know, we see him, like, actually care and be loyal to Eric and, like, help him out and not just be comic relief, um, which which is neat. Then you have the amazing Javier Bardem as King Triton. And you see him, he, he's not just, like, angry at the surface world. Like, he gives reasons and he loves his daughters and he loves his kingdom. And you see, you know, why he does what he does. Ursula is another character and I'm I'm probably going to catch some heat for this. I'm not a huge Melissa McCarthy fan. Uh, I think part of it is every time I go over to my aunt's house, she's watching Mike and Molly like on repeat. And it just it gets old. Um, but, you know, I, some Melissa McCarthy roles I do enjoy. But And this is one of them. She takes Ursula, who was just kind of the villain in the movie. And here in the new one... She's Triton's little sister. Um, yeah, she still does the poor unfortunate souls number, but she talks about you know how she kind of suffered the same stuff that Ariel did. Whereas you know Triton was like, no, you're not going to do this, and he was overly controlling and like kicked her out and banished her, and that's what drove her to do all this. And again, you just get more of the story, which is which is really cool. Um, probably the character that has benefited the most, though, out of this extended edition, extended live edition, is Prince Eric, Jonah Howard King. He, like, has his own songs. We learn about his history. Like, he's adopted. You know, he cares for his people. He's trying to explore. He's doing all of these things. And we, you know, in the first one, he was just a pretty face in the cartoon. So, seeing all of this... You, you care for him, you know, you, you're rooting for him more um, as you see his, his story develop. And especially when he's under Ursula's spell, Vanessa's spell, you know, and he's fighting it. You, you see him fighting it and it, it means something, you know, and it's a big fight at the end. We know why he loves Ariel and like why he wants to take down Ursula and it, it's just so much better. You know, um, Aquafina is the voice of Scuttle, and the biggest thing here, like, they switch Scuttle from a seagull to a diving bird, because there's scenes where she's underwater talking to Ariel and Flounder and Sebastian, so it makes sense, you know, like, the seagull, they can't do that, you know, uh, <laughs> And she does a great job of being, like, scatterbrained and sometimes even annoying, but still loving. Um, and, and wanting the best, you know, wanting to try. And so that that's kind of neat to see. The, the musical numbers 
are, we, we talked a little bit about Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alan Menken. The musical numbers, I feel, are toned down, but in a way like an acoustic set is toned down. Like, they're just more meaningful and more raw, and it's not these big productions and everything, and uh, it, it adds, like, sentiment to them. And you really do, you know, care what's going on, and it, it just, this whole movie is just, so much better than I expected or could have hoped or dreamed of. Um, I was real sad, like when, a little backstory, when we bought tickets, we bought tickets the day they went on sale a few weeks ago, a month ago. And we were, went to a Sunday afternoon show, 110 Sunday. Nobody bought tickets until Saturday. And then what did they do? They bought like eight in our row. So frustrating. Uh, but still, then that was all of it until like 30 minutes, 40 minutes before the show, and then it it got about two thirds of the way filled, maybe a little over half, two thirds somewhere in that area, um, which is great, you know, because I, I was like, man, this movie, nobody's gonna go see it because the casting, stupid, controversy stuff, the people that are tired of live action Disney remakes. But I can say a lot of people went and saw it. There were a lot of little girls in there, and they loved it. Like, I could hear them talking afterwards about how cool it was and how they loved it. And, you know, Ariel's so pretty and da-da-da-da-da. And singing the songs, and um, it was cool. Meanwhile, my kid was like, yeah, it was good, but we're going to go home and play video games now. So, <laughs> whatever. But he, you know, he enjoyed it. And he was telling me about his favorite parts and what he liked and things. Um... This movie, y'all, I cannot recommend it enough. And there there were some other complaints from people about the CG on it. The only time, there's twice, I, w I will say, that the CG was like, meh. That was when the shark is chasing them in the shipwreck toward the first of the film. You know, it it almost looked like Finding Nemo shark. But Bruce, you know, but not, but a little bit better. And then at the end, when Ursula gets, you know, big, like, kaiju style, her face just looked a little off. Um, but other than that, like, the the fish in the sea looked good, the water looked good, the mermaid, the mer people with their fins and tails and everything were great. The, it, it just looked good. It was a solid movie with an amazing cast, a killer soundtrack. Like, it's... Go see it, you know, don't listen to what other people, just listen to what I say. You know, that's why I'm here, right? Because you want to hear what I have to say. But, real talk, like, go see it. It is such a great film. Um, I, it, it restored my faith in these live action adaptations. Because um, I think we have, like, Hunchback of Notre Dame is the next one on the list, I want to say. Um, we'll see how that goes. But the movie is is really good. Go see it. Go see it with your friends. Go see it with your kids. Go see it by yourself. Like, there's so many things. Um, there's great cameos in there. I, I spotted Jodie Benson, like, the second she popped up on screen. So, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just a, a fun, solid movie with insane talent all around it. And I think you're going to like it. So, go see it. Let me know what you think. You can let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Just look for The Night Nerd. Or you can email me, nightnerd, N-I-G-H-T-N-E-R-D. That's how you spell it. 
at thenightnerd.com. Um, and I respond to all those. You know, I love talking to people. I love hearing things. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. So, yeah, go see it. Just, just go. But that's going to do it for me today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.